Hello, spreaders, and welcome to The Spread. I'm your host, Kaz, and you are listening to Season 3 of The Spread Podcast. This episode of The Spread is very near and dear to me. If you listen to the progression of the episode, we get to go through the journey of Mel discovering more about her sexuality with the help of sex therapist Kathy. It's literally the epitome of unlearning, or as I like to call it, unfucking yourself. It's a beautiful journey to listen to yourself and begin to live your authentic life. I subscribe it to you. 2020, I think that's the way to go. Those of you who see those of you seeking therapy would be advised to do so with the help of my friend Kathy Hare. All of her details are in the description box below. Therapy isn't a tool used for the sick alone. It is the equivalent of a gym for your brain. And if you can work out your physical muscles, well, you can work out your brain once too. It's holiday season, and as much as we're happy to eat, drink, and be merry with family and friends, there are very many people out there who are not able to. This festive season, for the seventh year, my family and I are raising money for a Christmas party for the Angel Center Home for Abandoned Children, so that they too can have an opportunity to enjoy family. If you can, please contribute whatever you can towards our Christmas party Koroga for the Children. There is a direct link in the description box below, or you can go to M Changa and look for Koroga for the Children. Now let's get into this podcast episode. Welcome to the spread, guys. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. This is a really exciting uh, episode because I get to have two wonderful guests who uh, are going to introduce themselves. And then for those of you who listen, I never shamelessly plug podcasts that I like, but I feel like I should do it more often. So for anybody who listens to Where Should We Begin? Do you listen to Where Should yes. We Begin? Is an Esther Perel podcast where she she's a psychotherapist and she uses her podcast to it's almost like a like a therapy session where Mm -hmm. she um she delves into couples and relationship uh, dynamics and sort of like unwrap it's almost like a therapy session but then the people that she interviews on her podcast are not actually um her her clients so it's just it's almost like a fake therapy session but with real people in real situations it's kind of cool so I feel like this is going to be one of those situations (laughs) so welcome to the spread and I would like for my guests to introduce themselves oh cool I get to go first (laughs) yes (laughs) okay hi um I'm Kathy Holden and I'm a sex therapist uh with a psychology background um so I deal with couples and also sex therapy, which covers a range of human sexuality issues. And I practice in Nairobi. Yay. Hey, hi, I'm Melissa Mbugwa, Mel, and I'm an entrepreneur, finder and fixer of problems, <laughs> mainly around like our creative economy. So with a focus on media. Um, so I've actually been working, uh, doing research on into podcasting in Africa and in Kenya and how to grow that 
sector or that space, the future of media. Um, and I'm also a person who is curious about my own development growth. Um, so you're talking about yourself like you're a business. Really? <laughs> Maybe I'm interested in my development and my growth <laughs> <Perhaps> strategically. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess because that's what I'm used to. That's how I'm used to introducing myself. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Actually, I think I'm I curious. think we should start by just like um, saying or actually letting people know the reason why we're here today. So Mel and I have been friends for many years. Actually, so have Kathy and I. Um, well, we've known each other for years. Yeah. We haven't necessarily mm. been friends. Yeah. Um, but Mel and I have been friends for years. And um, we've had many conversations amongst ourselves just personally, mm -hmm. like talking about our, our lives, our sex lives, mm -hmm. our... Uh, our growth, mm -hmm. our changes as we sort of turn 30. How old are you, Mel? 32. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and just, I guess, many questions, right? Yeah. About our yeah. sexuality. And I know that you've um, talked to me a, a lot about your personal life and just like developments. And um, do you want to share why we're doing this podcast? Because you yeah. prompted it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, just as Kaz is saying, one time we were couple of weeks ago a few weeks ago like four weeks ago we were talking about i don't know colonialism and feminism or something uh, <laughs> decolonizing the, the ghosts of the colonial, colonial past, past yeah <laughs> <laughs> about the ghosts of colonizers past and how we're being we've been raised by through you know by white men you know because they passed on this culture of patriarchy mm -hmm. and so somehow that conversation i don't know how it ended up with me being like you know i've been Telling Kaz, I, I've been feeling like I've noticed that there's a part of me that's um, hard and numb sexually and mm -hmm. always has been. And this year, especially, I've just felt like pff, zero. I don't even feel attracted to guys. Well, mm -hmm. so I'm hetero. Um, so I look at a guy and be like, oh, you're hot. And then after two seconds, poof. Um, and that doesn't feel healthy. It doesn't also sound healthy. <laughs> <laughs> it's been going on for so long, um, but it's happened before years ago. So it, it seems to happen like in cycles, um, but it's getting worse and worse. You know, so like the numbness is just more intense. And, th and then Kaz was like, Houston, you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you should see a therapist, see a therapist. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but never really about this. I've never really addressed this. Mm. And so then I was like, I think I want to come on your on your episode, on your podcast, because uh, I feel like this is not me. I'm not the only one struggling with this. Um, so yeah, here we here are. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, oh, I'm not here to think. Mm, you're here to, to be. I'm here to moderate. <laughs> what do you think? I, I, I don't know if age has a, anything to play in this. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure on us to be doing things in a specific sequence and in a specific way as we get older. Huh. So when we get to a certain age, we're supposed to, for example, have kids. Right. We're supposed to get married. Yeah. Maybe not in that order. Yeah. Um, we're supposed to have this great job. We're supposed to be thinking about investing, you know, all those kind of things. And then if you don't do that, you kind of feel like... None of which I've done, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. interesting because you yeah. said you're turning 30, 32. I'm, I'm turning 33 in a few months. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm turning 40 in yeah. February. Yeah. Mm. So 
it's you know these pressures are real yeah. where you're kind of thinking okay um how am i going to be what society needs me to be and really if you're looking at it society has nothing to do with this society is a construct that was created either by um you know our parents our parents parents because remember we were taught on principles that our parents kind of you know got from society which is got from their parents yeah so it's like that's how we've been raised so it's like almost like a sequence and it doesn't feel like real life and then you get people who reach a certain age where mm-hmm. they're kind of thinking and probably people around my age for example thinking okay um and I don't have any children yet mm-hmm. but they're thinking aren't you don't you feel lonely mm. um aren't you worried about your body mm. that your biological clock is ticking yeah mm. <laughs> and it's those kind of things that you know constantly you're thinking about and you know what as as women we go through those pressures and yeah. and men are no different because they have similar pressures yeah So I, I can totally relate to okay, what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. So you think it's um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so definitely yes. And and I'm one of those people who's like, ah, you know, I will I will follow my own drum beat, etc. And I've always been like that, but then still, you know, mm. the pressure is there and, and there's always moments of self-doubt that sometimes stretch into <laughs> days, months. Where do you where do you feel like the pressure comes from? Like where do you did you have pressure growing up like was your family constantly asked was constantly saying that they needed to be something done by a certain time No I wouldn't say so from my family it's always just been pressure to achieve you yeah. know just like mm. do your best you know be a career you know career wise especially yeah. like you know just like be independent and do your best and achieve you know like you you're pri- we've given you we've worked hard you're privileged so just like make do yeah. of that there's never really been pressure around like get married have kids uh but then not from my immediate family but then i still absorbed those messages from you know church school just like society i don't know it's yeah. in the ether yeah <laughs> um and so i think and the message that i think i just in reflecting that i really picked up on was what a woman is supposed to be you know this thing of a good woman yeah be a good girl like a good christian girl yeah and like you know be very discreet about your sexuality good girls are not freaks just that message around what it means to be a good woman i suspect that's what is haunting me uh, you think yeah. you think it fed into your sexuality 100% mm. um first i was very churchy i had you know a phase a very churchy phase um i was like a daily mass I used to go to daily mass i wanted to be a church minister i wanted to be a nun i even converted to catholicism what what what, yes. what, what, what? Oh. yes <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I remember like being 11 and reading uh my dad's philosophy books, so Plato and Socrates da 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 and being like I want to live the good life. I think it's Plato who wrote a book called The Good Life. Anyway, mm. and I was like I want to live the good life. And at the time, what I had access to that was closest to like philosophy was church, you know, like so yeah. the dogma, so what we learn at Sunday school. Um so I really I was like, okay, I'm going to attempt this path. And so I really took it in like all the living by the rules yeah. the Christian rules and values of course sexuality super repressed um and then our culture just strengthens that thing of like ah you can't be seen especially this bit of you have to make a certain impression if you want to remain attractive to men you know and I remember being taught um that 
your virginity is the most prized possession when it comes time to be married. Oh, yeah, you know that thing. Yeah, 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 about the flower. Did you ever get get that talk about like the flower? They would take there's there's a whole like metaphor they use um, in these abstinence talks. Uh, a flower when you remove the petals, mm-hmm. they can never be put back again, and so mm-hmm. thus <laughs> thus <laughs> goes your virginity. And like men will not like you or desire you at all. Like basically your virginity is what makes you a woman or a valuable human. Yeah. Um, and, and, so and, and, and I mean, according to Christianity, you have to be desirable to a man. Yes, of course. Because <laughs> otherwise you have no only value to, in life you, as yes, a woman. Yes. <laughs> do you know? Yeah. So do you know, it only took me, it wasn't until I was like 28 or so that I realized that I, w- I believed that, that thing about uh. my worth as a human is based on, whether a man finds me desirable or chooses me. Yeah. I literally, and I would never ever have thought, uh, you know, if you'd asked me if I was one of those people who believe that I'd be like, Psh, hell no. Yeah. But it actually was so, because it's so deep. These messages are so it. deep. You don't mm. see it. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so I absorbed these messages. My mom, and, my mom and dad never told me these things directly, you know. Yeah. But I just kind of absorbed it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it did was it meant not only, well, also I I had I had my first sexual experience when I was like in my early twenties, I think twenty two, twenty three. But that mm-hmm. was just out of like choice. Mm-hmm. I, I f- because I f- that's when I felt I was ready. But either way, even if I had felt ready at seventeen, eighteen, mm-hmm. the guilt and the fear would have prevented me from having sex uh-huh. anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I think part of my readiness and why it took so long to be ready was because I had to process out of religion. Oh, I don't. I'm not even a religious person anymore. So mm-hmm. I had to first go through my cycle of processing what religion meant and my relationship to religion, and then after that came the freedom or the lack of. I felt now free to choose my own sexual destiny yeah. without that fear. And I think that's why I was a late bloomer, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> but the fear is so. Even now, I still feel afraid mm. of that thing about like. Um, it feels like men are taking. So for me, sex still feels that like it's something I'm giving, and I'm not getting anything in return. Mm. Mm. It's a man's game, but that comes from mm-hmm. my belief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's messed up. Yeah. yeah. So sex isn't for me, mm. and maybe that's why I'm just like Ugh, I'm so out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've seen that a lot. Mm-hmm. Of I've heard of it a lot and mm-hmm. it's like if we think about where the history of sex and the kind of messages, you know, women uh, you know, before the 1960s, it was more like women were raised to um to pleasure men. Yeah. So your own pleasure as a woman was never really taken into consideration. And then we, um, you know, we had the advent of the birth control pill in 1966. And from there, that's when, you know, women all of a sudden were like, okay, great. So that means now I can have sex for pleasure and it's not just for procreation. Mm. Whereas the history of sex kind of touches on procreation. Um, I'm not 100% sure of the facts, although some of the history of sex, you know, were, I mean, sex has been pleasurable. It's just that some of the messages have kind of gotten lost. And if you think about in terms of like religion or society or any other cultural kind of um, uh, aspects that came up as we were growing up, those are the kind of things that then formed this baseline for us to believe that, you know what, um, 
in terms of how our sex or how our sexuality as a woman is not as much uh, is not important mm. it's more or less like we are here to pleasure a man and you know th- there there are lots of articles that used to come out maybe in the 90s mm. in terms of what you can do to please your man better mm. and now what we're seeing is you know how can you as a woman benefit mm-hmm. and right. you know please yourself yeah. so it's almost like we're doing you know that there's there's yeah Un- like the unlearning yeah the reversal the yeah. process correction mm. yeah 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 Woo. and it's almost like if i think about some of the messages um yeah. you know and some of the pressure that you you know for example what you're talking about feeling yeah. that you know sex is not for you yeah. and it's almost like okay how was our relationship with our parents like what did that look like when right. we were kids our mom and our dad yeah. you know did dad come home and did mom give him a kiss or a cuddle was that acceptable was hugging okay did you ever see your parents kiss mm-hmm. you know so it's like those kind of things those are the thing the messages right. you know and what's acceptable what's mm. not acceptable yeah. you know for example um i remember when i was growing up um we weren't uh you know like watching um and i think there was a movie basic instinct mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and there's this love scene and it's a hollywood movie yeah. but that was construed as porn yeah. yeah so it's like those that is not acceptable and you know they were kissing so before the you know before the, the you know the rest of the love scene happened mm. you know there was a lot of kissing and touching and that was looked at as sexual touch mm. and that was not acceptable so it's like those kind of messages those are the things that we actually see we hear and this is what how we grow up believing that you know what this is not okay this is not acceptable and then we reach a certain age where we kind of start to explore ourselves because you know um the world has definitely changed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're more um we we are more open and sensitized to different things and with the advent of the internet of course everything is there at your fingertips mm. so you get to explore Literally. more about yeah mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Good one> cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, and i think that that's something that um you know it's um it puts a lot of uh well it allows us to explore who we are mm-hmm. and then we start to think about okay what do i want mm. yeah you know i want to be free yeah and actually human sexuality is a right mm. yeah. we are allowed to be sexual sexuality is our birthright mm-hmm. we're allowed to do that and sometimes mm-hmm. normalizing that and hearing that is enough to kick start that journey. Yeah. yeah. I mean we came from sex. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, nobody's going to tell you that. No. <laughs> no. Because like, mom, but I came from sex. What? No, I just came from your stomach, okay? That's all you need yeah. to know. And they cut it open and they removed me and then there was a stalk and then there was birds and bees. It's all so confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and and even just like thinking about um exp- exploring self and conversations around masturbation. Mm. I mean, I remember feeling so guilty about exploring my body as a child yeah. because I I I had all of these feelings at such a young age and I just really wanted to touch my vagina all the time. Yeah. But then it it felt so bad right. and I felt so guilty and I remember always negotiating with God. Right. I my thing was just like okay. I promise I won't masturbate. <laughs> I don't know how many people had this conversation with God. Oh, I was like, I promise I won't. <laughs> Did you? No. 
<laughs> feel like you were advanced. <laughs> I was. I was. I was very hypersexual as a child, yeah. but also from therapy, I've learned that that came for that might have stemmed from uh, sexual abuse and sexual mm. trauma as a kid. Um, so just like like th- that nego- negotiation, because I knew that the thing that I was doing was wrong. And the like, thing is, I don't even remember being told that it was wrong. It's just like mm. knowing it's wrong. And con- the uh, conversation that I had earlier with Kathy was talking about child abuse. And and knowing that like if, if you're abused as a child, knowing that the abuse is wrong, but not wanting to tell anybody because you know you'll be punished. Yes. So knowing that, like keeping it to yourself because um, because of what will happen if you tell your parents that something had happened to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I relate to because I was, I was sexually abused as a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, the man who sexually abused me was a teacher in school who used to... So the school where I went to was a boarding school, but my mom worked at the school, so she had a little house on the school compound. Mm-hmm. So during the holidays, we would stay in the school. And because there was nothing for me to do, I would like gallivant the school. I'd go, there was a swimming pool, but you couldn't go to the pool unaccompanied by an adult. So the man who used to take me swimming, who used mm. to uh, be the adult that would sit around, was the, was the one who sexually assaulted me, sexually abused me as a child. And I wouldn't, couldn't tell, I didn't want to tell my mom because then she would stop me from going swimming. So you see, this right. one, I was With like, child yeah. logic. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I was just like, but I want to continue swimming. Yeah. So it's just like, I'll have to deal with this man and like, and all of the sexual abuse or I'll be beaten or yeah. all of the things, you know? Yeah. And just like these things that like, where are you getting it from? And then how, what kind of conversations are you having with your kids about sex and sexuality that is making them so afraid to come to you as a parent? And going back to what mm. you're talking about, like the relationship that you have with your parents and then, yeah. Because mm. yeah. even as a kid, you, like the reasoning is, the reasoning, it, it's actually quite advanced because you've gone so far as to think of the consequences. Yeah. I feel like it, it's childlike, but it's also very like, what are my long-term goals? Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And just like, yeah, it's just interesting. That's really interesting. I have a question for you, yeah. Kathy. Mm-hmm. So knowing, like when you mentioned the patterns, the things we've observed and taken in subconsciously from our parents' mm-hmm. relationships, obviously those are the ghosts of Christmas past, uh, of, yeah. of Christmas past that the are raising Christ- us. Christians yeah. past. Oh, ghosts of Christians <laughs> past. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That are raising us, yeah. So even in spite of our parents' best intentions, you know, they just don't know what they don't know. So how do we break the cycle Mm -hmm. so that, you know, because here we are responsible for ourselves now and our futures. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking I don't want to blame and play that game of like, oh, it's your fault, it's your fault, because it's not. I don't know. Mm -hmm. They're they're probably where they are because they also worked on themselves, you know, like decolonizing or unghosting. Mm. So how do we, what steps can I take mm-hmm. to, you know, unpack, mm. heal, discover? Mm. What do we do? I don't know. You're the first ever sex therapist I've met. I didn't even know really that this was a thing. an available service <laughs> in Kenya, yeah. for example. Yeah. I'm just like, the only place I know and person I know to ask about sex things is cars, mm. you know, that would be yeah. healthy and balanced and yeah. informative. Yeah. So how do we, yeah, wh- what would I do? What should I need to okay. do? Okay, yeah. so there's no roundabout or there's no direct way of mm-hmm. answering this. And I think that's because um, the, any journey um, really depends. I mean, it can, it can be quick, it can, it can be really long. But one of the things that I do as a sex therapist is I'll take a full sexual history. 
So we will discuss um, what you went through as a child. We'll also go through what you went uh, through as an adolescent. We'll talk about any sibling experiences, any kind of peer-to-peer, what happened in your early adult life. Once we've done that and we've gone through a whole sexual history, we'll then be able to determine whether there are any issues of power and control. Mm. Power and control is really, really big in terms of um, how you perceive yourself, how you also behave in a relationship, Mm -hmm. and how you also control aspects of your relationship. Sometimes you might not be thinking that you're controlling, but you are. I'll give an example just at the top of my head. So for example, you have uh, two people in a relationship and when they argue, one person withholds sex. Mm. Okay. As a form of punishment? It mm. could be. That's pretty mm. common, yeah. Yeah. And that's an From element of power and control. Mm. And that can happen. Mm. Although sometimes, um, depending on what that person went through, in their um, in their childhood, if there's any residual trauma that maybe they haven't dealt with, it can also lead them to feeling helpless in their general life. Mm. So this is the only way that they can control by withholding something that they feel is close to them. Mm. And it's a very blanket. I mean, it's it's a general example because I think every single person processes things differently. But power and control is a really, really important aspect. And some people use um, power and control in different ways. So, for example, abusive relationships. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Or even codependent relationships. Yeah. Where you almost kind of make that other person feel guilty for, let's say, not spending time with you. Or maybe when they want to go out, you know, you feel as if you don't have a life of your own. So you kind of, you know... um, put your emotions on that person and say, oh, you know, you're never here. And really, actually, is somebody ever never there? You know, so it's that kind of like almost, you know, irrational kind of beliefs that we that we have in terms of our messaging that can then determine how that plays out. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, you know, another thing that we cover is addictive, any kind of addictive Mm -hmm. patterns and Mm -hmm. how maybe, for example, anger is part of them. Mm. Now, you see, the thing is with anger, anger is is a very charged emotion. As, yeah. And I'm sure we've all been angry. Yes. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes anger is just anger. Yeah. Although what you'll find, and if you, um, I don't know whether you guys are familiar with the anger iceberg. No. Okay, so with the anger iceberg, you have anger right at the top. And like an iceberg, there's like lots of ice at the bottom. Yeah. And think of this ice as other emotions that are not as highly charged they're charged highly charged as anger but they allow vulnerability so Mm -hmm. things like hurt can come out as anger Mm. things as pain embarrassment fear shame Mm. these are just some of the emotions that can kind of mask your anger so you might be coming out with anger but really what you may be feeling is some kind of an embarrassment. So, mm-hmm. for example, um, two people are together and, you know, they're intimate or they're having sex. And um, let's say for this case, the man um, ejaculates prematurely. Mm-hmm. The woman then turns around and says, oh, gosh, like, um, you know, that, that was really quick. You know, why did you come so quickly, for example? Or mm-hmm. why did you ejaculate so quickly? Then that you know, it put, it puts that kind of feeling, that message into that person's head, like, okay, I haven't satisfied that person enough. So I am now feeling helpless. And actually what I'm, what, 
can happen is that you shut down and you don't want to have sex anymore with that person because you're ashamed. Yeah. But instead of the shame coming out, when that person tries to approach you, anger comes out. Mm. So there's always, sometimes there's an underlying emotion and that's something that we do in therapy. Mm. Yeah. And just, you know, and, and, and it begins with a conversation. And that's why I think we should, I mean, if, if you're looking at, you know, trying to start this journey, it's mm. a conversation. Because with that conversation, you're able to really talk about what you're feeling. Mm. And being, and, and this is really important, because you need to be in a space with a therapist who is non-judgmental. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the one of the things that, for example, you know, as a therapist, I, I need to be able to provide that environment where somebody feels safe. Mm. Somebody, you know, there's no fear. Somebody does not feel judged. Because a lot of the times there are things that will be at the back of our minds. Mm-hmm, that yeah. you don't yeah. say. Yeah. You don't yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? You can, uh, and you know, it's not to say, uh, not testing or not judging any kind of friendship there is out there. Right. But sometimes you there's some things you really can't tell your friends. Yeah. Right. There are there are some things. Mm. And, yeah. and it could be really tiny, yeah. but you know, being in a space where you're talking to a professional where you're kind of just like completely letting loose. And that's <laughs> one of the things that I do yeah. in 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 session is yeah. to say if there's one person you can be in this room is really yourself. Yeah. And with more honesty, all that information really comes out. Because really, if you're looking at it, mm. these are the kind of aspects that kind of govern whether we're going to have a really fulfilling life. The blockages mm-hmm. and the kind of things that we're experiencing mm-hmm. are pent up emotions, mm-hmm. maybe things that we've done that we're not happy about, right. ashamed of. Mm. Right. Getting that out of our system mm. allows us to no longer feel shame. And with mm. no more shame and no more fear, we're able to explore, look mm. at life differently, be more fulfilled be happier mm. find what our happy is mm. yeah so i think in a okay. roundabout way yeah. okay <laughs> so my blockage is yeah it needs a lot of unpacking yeah. <laughs> yeah. i think everybody needs um therapy a lot of the yeah. time uh, i'm a lot less patient with people sending messages in when i first started doing this spread, mm-hmm. a lot of people would send messages in my dms and be like oh so i'm having this problem and then i would either share it on on my page anonymously so that people can give their opinions or i would give my opinion if it was something that was like somebody needed urgent help and you know um but now i'm a lot less patient is not the word but it might be part of the word mm-hmm. and and so usually i just i have a blanket response i'm just like see a sex therapist to everybody who's asking if you're sliding into my dm for a sex question the answer is always see a sex the answer is see a sex therapist because okay. <laughs> i'm not a sex therapist yeah. and i'm not going to help you but um and i think it's i think everybody should i think yeah. um i think everybody should because everybody is unpacking some form of yes sexual something is it trauma is it questioning is it like sexuality questions you know Mm -hmm. i just i think it's i think everybody should see a sex therapist period so uh (laughs) kathy's details are in the description box below so please guys just like see a sex see a sex therapist (laughs) (laughs) but i i really want to go more uh, Mm -hmm. i want to get more personal with your stuff let's 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 dig let's dig dig. um Ah, I don't even know where to start with the mm-hmm. questioning because uh, I don't know. Let's see. Hmm. 
when was the last time you were in a relationship mm-hmm. of any kind mm-hmm. maybe not um not like a relationship that you're calling a relationship just mm-hmm. a, when was the last time you had a mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um what was your intimacy like yeah it was actually earlier this year and our intimacy was very much um intellectual emotional and physical in I don't know if between intellectual and emotional I would say like e- almost equal level mm. and then the sex bit wasn't it was important it was there but it wasn't the driver of it which I thoroughly enjoyed actually about that relationship because as we because discovered I'm sapiosexual yeah yeah mm-hmm. so for me like when you were talking about orgasms in the mind without being touched I'm like oh, I totally feel that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so for me like our intellectual spurring really turns me on mhm So but then also I was so even this in discussing this with him mm-hmm. uh later on um it, it he sensed that I was not into the physical aspect of it and that he felt um like I was only doing it out of like dosis kevi bia because it's it's what good girlfriends do right and that oh. made me feel so bad mm. because I didn't realize that's how intense and obvious my blockage has become mm. um um yeah so so we were very close and i felt th- there was intimacy um uh, just not it just wasn't expressed sexually and i wasn't enjoying i haven't enjoyed sex in so many years in like maybe 5 years and a question that i that i've been meaning to ask you mm-hmm. is that do you think that it's a, it's possible that you're asexual someone else has asked me this yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe i don't know is asexuality on a spectrum because to be honest yeah and that's legit because even as um as a teenager growing up my girlfriends would always be like oh mel you're such a late bloomer like i was always getting made fun of for being the one who was not into sex mm. uh, and it's true like and that's, that's not the first other thing that's with whole, the media yeah, and everybody yeah. being so sexual sure, yeah. yeah but for me it's just not that's So yes, I will find someone attractive and and I will feel my loins stir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily translate into I want us to hop into bed together now. So for me that's never been the star of or the center of my relationships or of what I find sexually arousing uh, of my sexual experience. But I don't know if that necessarily means I'm asexual. And also I wouldn't say I'm asexual. Okay. Cuz I like sex and I I I feel sad at the thought of not having good sex for the rest of my life. So yeah. I like sex. Um perhaps just on the spectrum compared to other people I'm on this lower end. Okay. With my sex in terms of my sex drive generally. Mm-hmm. But then still it's tank like I feel numb and that's not physically? Yeah, even physically like like a wet cloth just like like um, and what about with yourself? Do you do you masturbate? Yeah, do you feel still feel numb? Yeah, I just feel like it's a thing. You know like how you just pee to get to feel relief. Yeah. yeah but like but it's not a thing I'll like spend invest like okay, let me prepare the afternoon. Cancel. Set us cancel. Yeah, cancel <laughs> meetings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a very just like necessary like drink water, eat food. Like release. Release. Um like like I'm I just I'm sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know when you start talking yeah, you're going to going to get yeah. yeah yeah so I really just want to get the questions out of the way yeah um is it like like 
like you're doing it to sleep because I mean a, a lot of masturbation is just like I'm trying to to put myself to sleep so I just need to have an organ oh. so I can sleep or do you like if you if you do still feel like a wet cloth why do you why is there any why do you feel the pressure oh. to have any kind of touch right uh, because it just it's it feels like, and especially it happens right around before my period so yeah. you know that that, yeah. that those few days when you're just feeling horny yeah um so it's just to oh, get so rid of the horniness. It. Yeah, oh. that's what I'm saying. I'm not asexual because I do feel it. Okay, asexual people don't not feel it. Oh yeah, they feel either nothing or little. <laughs> so I guess they feel little. Yeah. <laughs> so there is asexuality is a spectrum in itself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Teach me more. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I am asexual. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's possible. possible. It's definitely possible so, possible to explore it. Yeah, yeah. and so I. Okay, so if I am asexual, what does that mean for my ability to then form like long-term relationships or, you know, like, because if with that whole sex drive matching, sex drive compatibility, da, 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 da. So now there's so many other questions in that universe that I'm excited to explore around. So now if I'm asexual, what then? Maybe that's why I was predisposed to being a nun and the whole idea was not, Uh it wasn't traumatizing. Like I legitimately could be a nun. Could have been. Like, in fact, the only reason why at 17 I was like, nah, it's not for me was because I realized I wouldn't be able to do my hair and wear the kind of clothes that I want. (laughs) And like, like do. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I was like, the lifestyle would be limiting. It had nothing to do with With sex sex or boys. Yeah. 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 But I like boys also. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but like I said, it's more, I feel more excited by the heart connection and mind connection. Um, Asexuality. Mm -hmm allows for you to have relationships full um mm. the, the kind of relationships that you're talking about are mm. your dream relationships yeah nerdy relationships yeah. where you can geek out with people because i know you're yeah. a proper geek yeah. so i know that those kind of things would be really exciting for you yeah. um and that don't necessarily involve much because um, the word intimacy doesn't necessarily involve um, Se- intercourse pen- yeah no it doesn't, any, it doesn't yeah. even it doesn't even have to involve any kind of sexual it touch mm-hmm. being intimate i feel like the three of us are currently being, being intimate, intimate right now yes yeah. yes that's true <laughs> And also it can be with, um, with it doesn't have, it can be with someone of the same sex or of any, it has nothing anyone, to do with, it has nothing um, to do sexuality. with sexuality, yeah, at all, yeah. because friends can be um, intimate. intimate with each other. Yeah. In fact, I think I have the most intimate rela- relationships with my friends more yeah. than I do with, no, yeah. no, take that back. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. rewind. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yes. But yes, it, it feels, I mean, I feel like it's something that you should explore. It's not okay. anything that I that I would say. But I definitely think that maybe, okay. um, uh, look, there's a lot of YouTube pages um, mm-hmm. of asexual people who are creating content. There's a lot of ace content. <gasps> Hold on. Okay, this <laughs> might sound so petty, but I'm so excited Never. It. There's no such thing. But go on. <laughs> Is asexual part of the LGBTQIA? <gasps> so I'm probably queer. <laughs> no, you're definitely queer. <laughs> <laughs> but like, even queer is a lifestyle. What? It doesn't have to do with you. It doesn't necessarily Wait, have to do with you. Well, you said that like you know, for Only sure. because of, mm-hmm. of the, the your lifestyle, not your sexuality. Because queer okay. isn't always just based on on sexuality. Uh-huh. It could be, it's the it's your, the things you believe. It's the, un, it's the, the this decolonization of sexualities which doesn't necessarily have to do with you but it's the thing that you believe in that's a form of queer this is so funny i'm laughing because i'm like here discovering things about myself like literally 
and Kaz is like, yeah, I'm queer. I'm like, <laughs> queer doesn't have to be yeah. the, the thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Now it's time to. <laughs> yeah, yes. Happy. What are your thoughts? Well, you said so much, Kaz. Yeah. <laughs> no, in a good way, mm-hmm. I, and and I think it's really it's really good for people to hear that. And mm-hmm. I think for me, where I'm coming from is, um, or what I'm trying to understand is, you know. And this is a question that that I do ask in in session is, do you think there's anything wrong with you? Like, do you feel that there is something wrong with you? No, I don't. And I never have. I'm just afraid that there might be. Ah, okay. Which is this question of, I was like telling Kaz a few weeks ago, like, I feel numb. Maybe there's something wrong with me, but I don't feel like there is. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, no, no. And, and, you know, and and that's something because, you know, sometimes... um, you can come into therapy because somebody has made you believe mm. or based on somebody's reactions, somebody has made you believe that there's something wrong. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the case. You know, maybe yeah. you're just not in a you know really good relationship because, for example, somebody telling you that there's something wrong and you need to go and see a therapist, sometimes there's also something wrong with that person who's telling you to come and see a therapist. Oh. They're projecting. Yeah. And that happens a lot. So essentially, it's more or less what you think you are or what you think is going on with you. And that's why messaging is really important. But if you're having physiological responses mm-hmm. in terms of there's, you know, there's something that you feel that is, um, you know, is not adding up or you're kind of feeling oh. as if like, um, you know, this is something that used to happen before. You know, th- there are lots of things oh, that I can see. happen. So, so, for example, if, if my sex drive was much higher before and mm-hmm. then now it's not, mm-hmm. then that's like, OK. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be a determining factor for you to seek some help and kind of think. And okay, so first of all, a sex therapist will not be able to uh, give you any kind of medication. Yeah. Yeah? But one of the things that we do do is Mm -hmm. we do explore any kind of underlying issues. So depending on the, you know, the the symptoms that you're presenting or the kind of feelings that are associated with any symptoms, we will, you know, recommend that you seek, uh, you know, some medical advice so that we can rule out any kind of medical kind of issues. Now, I'm not saying that there's a medical issue, but it's always good to rule it out. Um, And then from there, we can start unpacking different kinds of things. Um, I have this really useful tool um, in terms of uh, sexual behavior that I normally um, well give to clients who are Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, in that uh, self-discovery where they're kind of, you know, kind of maybe thinking about what is interesting or what is acceptable or Mm -hmm. what they like or what they don't like. Mm -hmm. And it... it, um, so it's what is acceptable to you with different kinds of sexual behaviors and what is acceptable for your partner. What is acceptable for a mentally disabled person? What is acceptable for a teenager? Mm. What is acceptable for a senior citizen? Mm. It gives a whole spectrum in terms of your own thoughts and feelings on specific sexual behaviors. And it's a really interesting tool. Um, and with couples, for example, it's also good to know what your partner likes. And this is where it gets really interesting because, for example, you might be thinking that, hey, you know, I don't think my partner would be ever open to um, uh, just thinking. Like kink. Kink, kink, for example. Mm -hmm. And the, well, the the, the interesting thing about kink is that people are already actually, some people are actually doing it. Yeah. Talking dirty. They're not calling it that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's kink. 
And, you know, of course, it, there's this whole spectrum and, and it yeah. goes much deeper. Mm -hmm. But for example, you might think that your partner doesn't like kink. And then your partner completes that information and they do like kink. Mm, so you right. spent your whole, whole life thinking that, you know what, my partner wouldn't be interested in it, but they actually are. And the thing is, these kind of conversations are really difficult to have. So, you know, you can, you can, and, and it's, it's weird in a way to me because we talk about all sorts of things. You know, we talk about finances, we talk about getting married, we talk about kids, we talk about future, we talk about investment. And the integral part of ourselves in terms of what we like or what we prefer or what we don't like in terms, of uh, in terms of our sexual preferences, we never talk about. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. Mm. So I'm not saying it's easy. It's actually really difficult to talk about it. And, you know, it's almost like a personal empowerment journey that you have to go on to be able to express yourself in that way. Because one of the things that I advocate for is... Um, your orgasm mm -hmm. is your responsibility. Preach. Ooh, your orgasm <laughs> is your responsibility. That's a t-shirt. Oh, it's going on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to wear that t-shirt. I'll have it ready yeah. for you in a few weeks. <laughs> it's not your partner's responsibility yeah. to make sure that you have the best orgasm. Yeah. It is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And if your partner is not doing something right, mm. speak up. Yeah guide them show mm. them because putting that kind of pressure on somebody else is really first of all it's unfair and yeah. it's taking away from our own personal responsibility yeah. we are responsible for our own wow. actions we are responsible for our own behavior we cannot blame somebody else for not giving something that we want yeah based on the fact that they're not delivering what are they not delivering Ooh. you have to own we have to own our orgasms Amen. men that, women it doesn't matter yeah, yeah that's Oh, I'm just like my mind is blown because if that might that's a revolutionary statement there because it will completely flip how society, at least in Kenya, Nairobi, let me speak for what I know, oh. relates, converses with sex and sexuality and relationships and life because extrapolating that you're responsible for your own orgasm means you're responsible for your own emotional well-being, yes. for your own life and wellness mm -hmm. it just it's it's oh my you. gosh yep. it's all on you mm -hmm. and it completely destroys this belief that mm. or i'm looking for a mate or a life partner or a wife husband mm. to then make me live happily ever after mm. to it's almost like, complete you actually, mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. actually it's like no mm. you you'd be fine you could be fine without someone else mm -hmm. yeah but most people are not we're not collectively ready for that of course yeah not. to take oof. that responsibility <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah it's yeah mind-blowing mm. yeah. people are are happier to do the things that they have but, but also this conditioning again yeah mm -hmm. we, we're happier taking on the risk the financial responsibility in the yeah. household because yeah. regard in a in a in this horrible heteronormative perspective mm -hmm. of of the wife is for cooking and cleaning and birthing children mm -hmm. and the husband is supposed to bring in money mm -hmm. um in that household the, the woman is the one who's still responsible for everything she ends up being responsible for the finances yeah. she ends up being responsible for everything in the home including the emotions exactly mm -hmm. she's carrying everything she carries yeah. everything the emotions yeah. of the children the emotions the the drunken man who yeah. who will come home and expect the food in the microwave, microwave. Yeah. you know that yeah. that mm -hmm. thing that mm. every 
it's it's typically not typically every but mm. feels like every um, heterosexual couple goes through yeah and then in the bedroom now you want her she's to be responsible, responsible for, for being uh, for herself she's yeah. just like <laughs> yeah for, <laughs> the least you could do asshole yeah, yeah. <laughs> give she's, me a fucking orgasm <laughs> I, yeah I, I created a silly one for this she's expected to be a prosecco in the streets and konyagi in the sheets oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can I get the knife with that on a t-shirt? Yes. I like it. I love it. Oh my gosh, can I write that down? I'll remind you. It's okay. It's actually on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes me feel so incensed. Mm. That burden mm. that women mm. are expected to carry. Yeah. Have you heard of demisexuals? No. What, what's that? Um... Okay, I'm going to read it to you. Demisexual is a sexual orientation where people only experience sexual attraction to folks that they have close emotional connections with. In other words, demisexual people only experience sexual attraction after an emotional bond has formed. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm now wondering why... Okay, not why I have not heard of these things before, but not in that self-blaming sense, but just for everyone else out there. Um, is this, like, how... Not how do you learn? We have the internet. But yeah. you know that window of what you don't know and you don't know what yeah. you don't know, blah, blah. Yeah. Hmm. How many... Now I'm just wondering, how many other people out there like me, but being told or thinking there's something wrong with them? Hmm. Yeah. Thinking, oh, and forcing themselves no, into... Yeah. And being in, in marriages yeah. and forcing themselves to have sex without wanting to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And feeling like it's them. It's on them. Yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. come my, something my drive is me. low? Yeah. No, it's just... Because I just, should have the bold and beautiful kind of relationship. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that we, we're raised in the bold and beautiful era yeah. of r- romanticizing over what a marriage should be. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a false Hollywood impression of what life, real life right. should be. Yeah. And, and how what sex should be and how passionate sex yep. should be. And if, yeah. you, and if you don't feel... I mean, there's the what about the asexuals who have absolutely no sexual desire? Mm. And then getting married yeah. and forcing themselves oh, to no. have sex. Mm. It's oh, terrible. No, that's what, terrible. What, what, yeah. what do we do? What do we do Ooh. around people's houses? <laughs> like saving asexuals. Evangelizing. I mean, what, yes. What do we do? Is demisexual a subset of asexual? It is, yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. As to have a whole education yeah. situation to get to. Yes. Okay, which is exciting. And I think this mm. podcast is a really good place mm-hmm. in terms of education. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, I was also kind of thinking about it because I I would love for people. Okay, so when I started my practice, I got a whole host of calls from people asking, are you going to have sex with me? Oh, my God. As a sex therapist. Yes. Yes. To teach them practicals. Yes. Yes. You know, am I going to physically examine them? Am I, um, you know, if it's not me, am I going to have somebody? Um, can I also bring somebody else in to oh. help with that? And you see, the thing is, and, and it's understandable where it comes from, yeah. because yeah. if I'm looking at all the researchers in terms of the human sexuality that we've had, um, for example, there's, uh, you know, there's um, Masters and Johnson, they would invite people in to mm-hmm. the lab and um, look at them having sex and record yeah. it. Yeah. So it was almost like some of these myths are based on the fact that, you know, 
like past researchers that's what yeah, they used to for do for science yeah, yeah for science like, mm-hmm. and you see even the population that they were using because they came up with a whole sexual arousal cycle mm-hmm. so you know these four different stages that we go through when we're having um you know uh, intercourse but not just intercourse like the before and the after and they actually used um well um uh, you know a population of uh, prostitutes because mm-hmm. those were the easier people to kind of call yeah. in and ask to do yeah uh, those kind of experiments for a small yeah. Fee. yeah yeah so it's <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing yeah so it's um and it's understandable and this is some of the challenges that i've had where you know going out and having these talks and um talking mm-hmm. to people about what sex therapy is where it's not um a place where a sex therapist will touch you because we do not touch our clients oh, in right. any shape way or form yeah <laughs> at it all. sounds almost yes. just it's just there is <laughs> a surrogacy um some uh, so a sex therapist can sometimes work with a surrogus, uh, surrogate and a surrogate mm-hmm. is a person who has had the training and mm-hmm. there is a body in mm-hmm. the states i think mm-hmm. it's called the international surrogate um, um organization mm-hmm. but what they do is they train people um to work with specific people who need that kind of a service. Right. So if, for example, you have spinal injury and you need to start um, being able to um, to feel or to explore parts of your body, um, depending on where your disability is in mm. terms of the, the injury, then it's something you can do. If, for example, you've never... Um, so, for example, a man who's never had... Uh, sex before Mm -hmm. he can get a surrogate where they you know work through the the feelings you know you explore the different kinds of touches Mm. um you you know in terms of what you're touching so for example it can be something soft something hard Mm. and then you go into the you know the the different kinds of touch that we have the sensual touch uh the sexual touch so those are the kind of things that can be done so this surrogate works together with a sex therapist the sex therapist does not touch the client the Mm. surrogate does but that person is actually trained skilled to do that yes job. yeah i know even for um i know there's a lot of that for people who've come back from the war in, like in the mm. states and they have um they even the it's and it's government um uh, the like the the specific that specific type of therapy for people who've lost limbs or, mm. or people who have gone through like yes. the trauma of war mm. and reintroducing them into into their sex lives with their partners mm-hmm. i know they have like these machines that they actually make mm. like to help people um get erections mm. that are actually like um, FDA approved mm-hmm. like specifically made for vets and so on mm. and so forth so I yeah. know that there's that kind of um, mm. sex therapy but the reason that I was sighing very loudly <laughs> <laughs> is because there is um, there is a sex uh, please guys I'm doing air quotes mm-hmm. there is a sex <laughs> therapist in Nairobi mm-hmm. who uh, who has sessions in hotel rooms with his clients and he um he he his whole um, spiel yeah (laughs) his whole like thing around his sex therapy is teaching women how to squirt you may or may not have heard of him Mm -hmm. and he teaches women how to squirt but what he does is that his you pay for a hotel room Mm -hmm. and you pay him as a sex therapist Mm -hmm. and he puts his fingers inside you and just basically um makes you squirt yeah exactly hmm. and he, he caught under the guise of sex therapy so there's a girl who told me that she had done this thing uh-huh. with him uh-huh. and um i 
was dying. I was livid. I was livid. Mm-hmm. And then I actually called, so I called Jasmine because Jasmine is always my go-to person. She's a friend of mine who's a sex therapist, who's a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked, I even asked my, my therapist, the therapy that I go for is sex therapy. So I even asked my therapist if it's okay for therapists to physically touch their clients. I don't understand it. And both said no. Mm-hmm. And, yep. um, and I'm just like, so... So, I mean, um, we can help. Like, for example, if that's something that you want to do, we can give you... So, uh, once we ensure that there's any, like, whatever, psychological issues that, you know, we need Mm -hmm. to address. Mm -hmm. So, in terms of trauma, power, control, Mm -hmm. those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So, we explore that. And then we give specific aids. So, they could be videos. They could be suggestions. They could be books. They could be worksheets. Different things, Mm -hmm. yeah, that Mm -hmm. you can try Mm -hmm. um, either by yourself or Or with with your partner. Mm -hmm. But we'll never be in the room doing that happening yeah Yeah. because you see one of the things that a therapist has to ensure is that they do no harm yes and and i think that's a really important thing and you can do harm by passing judgment you can also do harm by touch yeah and that's one of the reasons why i mean i i have clients that uh you know they like hugs but yeah. not all my clients like hugs. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, it's just the same thing that you know what you were saying earlier about um, um, a child yeah. in terms of saying hi to a child, yeah. and you know, you should not force the child to you know to hug to you. Hug. Yeah. yeah, because you know, and it goes all. It's mm-hmm. all about consent Boundaries. and giving yeah. them autonomy of yes. their body, yeah. allowing children to have autonomy of their body because they do have a choice. Yeah, you know, so it's. I think those are the kind of things that. I struggled with yeah. when I when I opened this practice. Yeah, it's getting better now because I think people are kind of um, they understand the kind of things that I am doing, yeah. and yeah. it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and while I I won't comment on what somebody else is doing, I just think that it's really important that you whoever you're seeing as a therapist, um, you know, stay woke, check their qualifications, oh ask them God, for their qualifications. Yes. Are they certified? Who are they certified by? Mm. Ask for it. You can. And also just to ensure that this person who you are, you know, looking to to kind of like to help you with your any kind of like psychological, um, you know, concerns or anything. Are they also seeing a therapist? Yeah. Mm. It's important because, you know, Mm. therapist is not a superhuman. A therapist is another human being that's just been trained to offer that kind of service. So it's important that you ask your therapist, you know, do you have a therapist? Yeah. And uh, just to say that I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you guys want to ask for the qualifications, please feel free to do yeah. so. Yes. But also, I just I feel like this man is a predator and people haven't picked up on it yet. And I'm just like, how many more women have to go through this kind of, of um, sexual assault before even they realize, you know? Mm. Because it, it's... It, it's there, physically and biologically, there's a part in your body that you can, that you can push that will allow this liquid to come out of your urethration yeah Mm -hmm. so it's easy to do that thing but he's taking advantage of that and 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 not focusing on 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 telling women that they don't necessarily have to squirt to have a pleasurable sexual experience yeah Yeah. he's just getting all and then charging like 10 15 000 Mm. shillings per session Mm. um just to sexually abuse these women and i'm calling it sexual abuse because that's what it is Mm. and people haven't figured it out yet Mm. and just like i actually spoke to my lawyer i was just like we have to do something yeah right we have to do something yeah and it's funny um in terms of the squirting Mm -hmm. in particular Mm -hmm. 
so scientifically, yes, there is, and that's completely correct. Mm. However, not everybody can. That's true. Right. That's, that's true. the important thing here. Yeah. Mm. So, and and it, it sends the wrong message because it's basically saying that if you don't squirt, you're not. You're not. Enough. Yeah. You're not or if yeah, and it or, you know. So, for example, if you're looking at things like um, G spot, mm-hmm. if you don't, um, if you don't orgasm mm. through your G spot, mm. then there's something wrong yeah. with you. Yeah. Or if you don't orgasm when you're having penetrative sex, mm. there is something wrong with you. There isn't. Yet most people don't orgasm through yeah. penetrative sex. Seventy percent mm. of actually seventy, yeah, about seventy mm. percent of women do not. Mm. Yeah. Because one of the things we're built very differently from men, and yeah. we need clitoral stimulation, stimulation. Yeah. in order to have an orgasm. Mm. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us. Yeah. And that. It's the same thing with squirting. Yeah. And I'll go as far as to say, um, sex can be so beautiful even without the orgasm. We put so much pressure on On people to come that you're thinking about the orgasm so much you're not enjoying that it's beautiful experience. The the intimacy. The intimacy. The sexual journey. Yes. And uh, there's so much more to sex than just the penetration that is forced down our fucking throats. There's so much more. There's that thing, like this conversation. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just like sitting around a, a jigsaw puzzle, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just like you know, imagine imagine yeah. making that into some kind of like um, intimacy with your partner, where yeah. where you get to touch each other, yeah. or you know, just like light hand touching, touching, or just yeah. like uh, massages, yeah. or tantric sex. Tantric Tantra. sex. Yeah. Yes. Using the five emotions, you yes. can be fully clothed mm, and still yes. enjoy amazing intimacy Absolutely. with your partner mm. without having the pressure of having penetrative sex. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure, yeah. but you can still connect yeah. and there's a whole you know other huge kind of um, intimacy that you can actually receive and share with your partner just based on that energy alone. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How do you feel, wow. Mel? I feel like there's a whole world that's now open, you know, like a wormhole to go into. So I'm excited. Um, I also feel relieved. Really? Yeah. Aww. Yeah, very relieved. And <laughs> <laughs> smiling. Yeah. And clapping like a seal, guys. She looks like a seal. <laughs> yeah, I feel quite relaxed and like, okay, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm probably a- asexual. And let me go and like discover more about that and see where I am. Um, and, and have more conversations and about have more it. Conversations about it. See yeah. a therapist for real, for real. For real, for real, Kathy. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Down. See a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel relieved and super relaxed and like, whew. Okay. Okay. Mm. So you know, I'm human, and and our existence is um, so diverse and expansive. So there's this whole side to me that I, I'm yet to discover. And, and so, yeah, feels good. Yeah. Feels good. I also feel very informed. Um, and I um, and I have a question about, so just for the benefit of other people who are like me in the sense that, yes, you know, we think we're educated and we're exposed and we get surprised that there's so much more out there that like, how did we not know this? So like, how, how would you know so supposing I had not come here and I did not know you, Kaz, and then, you know, I didn't meet Kathy, how would I know if I was just, you know, like looking for a sex therapist 
and didn't even know that this was a thing what how yeah how do we find you how do we find sex therapists in kenya wow <laughs> it's it's challenging because yeah. i i mean apart from myself um i have another colleague called mudoni mm-hmm. she's also a sex therapist mm-hmm. um and there is another gentleman also um and the gentleman he's actually part of the world association of sexologists mm-hmm. so it's an organization okay. where I know who you're talking about yeah mm. okay so um so uh, you know that sex therapists can register with that org- uh, with that organization um it's it's really a difficult one i think it's because it's very new okay yeah. um yeah. but i think um probably just doing a search on Google yeah. can yeah. help you yeah. Yeah. Can um, help. land on the spot. And then speaking and then to people. Yeah. 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 Actually, speaking just asking around yeah. because people, it's, it's the flow undercover. of information. Yeah. Yeah. On qua ground. Yeah. It's a qua ground <laughs> Word of mouth. movement. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and there is, I, oh, my sex therapist, her name is Julie Goko. I don't know yeah. if you've heard of her. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And um, is there a sex therapist con? Like annual sex theracon, <laughs> sex theracon. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> there should be. Is there right? like a is there like a thing like that? The spread fest. Oh, okay. I, I like where this is going. going. Yeah, I like this. I like this. I like this. We're gonna have a little like sex therapist corner. Yeah. Okay. I like yeah. it. I, like I know it. they did have one. Um, it was in Mexico though. Mm. Oh, okay. So there's yeah. nothing happening here. No. Okay. okay. Um, so maybe we can try and, and find a way to be able to spread this news. I think yeah. I think we can figure it out. Maybe put it on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, but might you have a parting shot? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a parting shot, which is to... Um, okay, background. So all these years, you see the way at the beginning I described this like as this blockage and what could it be, you know, from my childhood and only to then now uh, on this other side of our whole conversation to be like, oh, so I'm queer and I just need to explore that. It's just, it, it was never a thought that occurred to me. Um, so my parting shot would be to for people to just like lis- listen to themselves mm-hmm. I, and and i'm grateful for that uh skill ability that i've always just kind of listened to myself and been like no th- I, in spite of being made fun of all my life oh like oh you're such a prude blah blah being like no nah, I, I feel like there's nothing wrong with me really maybe there is but i'm not gonna pass judgment let me explore first so i feel like um yeah ju- I, I would just say and encourage people and anyone listening to to be kind to themselves and to trust them themselves as you know in spite of all the noise and then to explore all the options and to ask just ask even if you're scared um and it's it's a weird wide world out the wild wild world Mm. out there but Mm -hmm. just ask because there's no end to this journey of self-discovery yeah yeah so like 32 and only now realizing what Kaz clearly already had observed about me <laughs> and lord knows who else fuck you pay me yeah, right <laughs> right um and it's okay it's okay it's life um discovering ourselves and so on so just um yeah be kind to you um and 
and let yourself learn and evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also because big picture, I think we're the generation that's the cusp. We're the ones who have to decolonize so much. Uh, yeah, it's on us in, in a big way. So we just need to do it. There's no shortcut. Yeah. Just like dive deep, explore, unpack, unlearn, cry, heal, all that. Yeah. Do you have a parting shot, Kathy? I think, well, what Mel was saying about being kind to yourself, yeah. I think that's really important. Um, and uh, try not to judge yourself. We do that a lot. We're our harshest critics. And I think some of the times when we are really focusing so much on what other people think about us, mm. it comes in our own messaging. So we wake up with those kind of messages and it can really mess you up. Mm. Um, continue to break the cycle. It's important that we continue to do it and always remember that you are responsible for your own behavior, your own actions. You are responsible for your life. Nobody is responsible for your life. Mm. And exactly what Mel was saying, listen to your instincts. Mm. As, as children, when we're born, we have excellent instincts and our parents are the ones who kind of instill that in mm. us as we grow up. So listen to your instinct, listen to yourself. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with you. Mm. Maybe it's just the way that you're thinking about something that you perceive that there's something mm. wrong with you. But it's a perception is not the reality. So always remember that distinction. And just keep doing you. Yes. yes. And just to add on, I'm so glad you said you talked about perception. It's just that we, we kind of uh, always imagine that our, our immediate surrounding is... Um, is a depiction of the larger world. So in our households and in our schools and our communities, Mm -hmm. we imagine that because everybody is supposed to be a certain way, that the whole world is the same way. But um, in actual facts, there's so many different people living so many different lives and experiencing so many different things. And if at any point you do feel like there's a, like I'm different or, um, or you feel like something is wrong, um, don't be afraid to explore that because then that's, and that's the, the answering the question, how do you find sex therapists? It's just like, don't be afraid to explore whatever it is that you're questioning in your mind because there's over 7 billion people or 8 billion, I think it yeah. is mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. In, the, in the world today. And honestly, the 100 people who are telling you that you should be a particular way, are like nothing mm. compared to what the world and different people are experiencing yeah. and how different people are choosing to live and embrace themselves and their sexuality and their lives. And um, yeah, being queer is, is just not accepting the patriarchal mm-hmm. institution of the gender binary. So everything outside of the norm is queer. It's a queer lifestyle. So accept your queer, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be who you are. Be, be who, who you, you are. are. Love who you are. Yeah. yeah. And be kind. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for coming thank you, on Kathy. the spread. Yeah. Yes, yes, thank ma'am. you, Kathy. Thank and you, guys, um, if you want anybody's contacts, just like they're in the description box below. If you want to see Kathy, you want to talk to her about um, getting some sex, some therapy, um, just please hit her up. Her email address is in the description box below. 
And um, that's it from us today. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Bye. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are at The Spread Pod. And don't forget the little angels from the Angel Center Home for Abandoned Children. You too can make a change. See you next week. I wanna hide I don't want nobody else seeing me naked But I'll risk it for you I want you to take it Cause I know now I found something special So I just wanna Lay down my body And just expose myself to you Oh baby So lay down your body And just expose yourself to me too Cause I want your love Will you give me love Make my dream a reality Cause with you I have no fear Because my soul is ready